Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be looking at chapter 8 today with more practical um, advice to us uh, as we live our lives. And um, we're talking about food. Now, which one of us doesn't have a strong opinion about food? We all have foods that we like and foods that we hate. We have our comfort foods and we have our go-to foods for celebrations, and we have food that we generally eat at school or on uh, going to work or when we're on taking trips, and uh, we have food that we never want to eat, and we have food that we love to eat, and maybe it's not good for us. So we have a lot of thoughts about food. Well, these folks did too in, in Corinth, and a lot of food were being offered for idols or two idols, um, the temple there, it was, McGee describes it as like a meat market because some meats were offered to idols and then the meat that wasn't bought to be offered to the idols was then sold to other people for eating. So in other words, a lot of people would go to the temple, buy the meat, take the meat to the idols to offer it to the idols. So you, they could sell it one way and if they didn't sell that meat you know, to be offering to the idols, then they'd resell it, the unsold meat, to those who just want to buy it like you're going to the grocery store to get some meat. So it was really a meat market. So Paul is saying, look, you know, if you're talking about eating meat or diet or whatever you're doing or whether you're going to take that meat and offer it to the idol or you can take that meat and offer it to yourself, there's nothing in and of itself about the meat. It's not the meat that matters. It's putting God first that matters. And so he's now sort of saying, it doesn't matter about food. It's all about Christ. And the arguments that you're trying to get into about food don't matter for anything because all of this knowledge is just puffing people up to making one person feel more important than the other. Like, oh, I... Gave all this meat to the idol. Or, you know, I had all this meat for myself to eat. I must be doing good. Or, I abstain from all this meat. You must be bad. You know, that kind of stuff. So all this stuff is just puffing people up with sort of a false, 
impression on themselves. But he says love builds up. Love solves a lot of these arguments. It's got to be about Christ. And it's the idol is nothing. So with that being said, we'll jump in. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now concerning food offered to idols. It's like, now let me talk about more questions that you guys have. And try to shed a little light. We know that all of us possess knowledge. There you go. Well, this knowledge, quote-unquote, puffs up, but love builds up. Isn't Isn't it just incredible how Paul goes straight to love, and love solves so much hypothetical argument as well as actual argument? If anyone imagines he knows something, He does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Wow. You think you know something? If you think you know something, you don't know a lot because you think you know something. It's only the person who thinks they don't know a lot really knows how desperately they need God. And I think of that person who feels they don't know a lot, is ultimately humbled before God. That's at the foot of the cross of Christ. That's where we need to be. We don't need to be trying to look at ourselves climb the mountains. We need to be at the cross of Christ. Verse 4, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many, quote, gods and many, quote, lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol. Their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better if we do. It's not about the food, folks. It's about the Lord Jesus. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stomach block to the weak. In other words, you can eat anything you want. There's no rule or regulation. But just be careful. The only rule or regulation you have is love to your fellow man. Don't do anything that would cause your fellow man to stumble. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge Eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? In other words, if somebody looks at you and they think you've got knowledge about something, they're going to do what you do. And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ died. In other words, Christ died for that person and you just caused him to, to fail in some way. Verse 12, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So, 
It's not about eating meat. It's about love for others and encouragement for others. Your liberty in Christ is limited by only by love. So that's where we're going to stop. Really, really good advice. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over today to our co-host, as always, in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on today's word. And as always, from me to all of you, keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time here tomorrow as we continue our study through this great book of 1 Corinthians. So practical. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 13. So this chapter deals with whether we, sh- we should eat meat or not. And the liberty a child of God should have in this area. So in the first section, Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he calls them carnal babies. In Christ these things are carnalities that he's actually talking about here to the Corinthians so here is where the church lives and moves and has its being today and these are important questions today because it's a carnal church we exist in a carnal world um, so it's a carnal church that we are in and these today become the important things these are the things that we actually focus on instead of the spiritual things rather than spiritualities and we want to actually deal with them the carnalities so here we see about you know paul is talking about you know diets and if a christian can eat this or that so diet is a fad for most people and it's generally as a, as an essential part of the rituals of most cults and isms, most of them deal with diets. So it's interesting that God in the Old Testament gave to Israel certain restrictions about eating meat. So the outward test of the animal was the that part, a hoof, and chew the cud. So the this actually eliminated the pig, which actually parts the hoof, um, but does doesn't chew the cud. So that was a test, you know, part the hoof and chew the cud. So these. Uh, so there was also certain birds, that were. Uh, designated, by name as unfit for food and we have this in the book of leviticus as well as in deuteronomy 14 12 and just turn to deuteronomy 14 12 and it reads but these you shall not eat the eagle the vulture the buzzard so you know these were designated by name they were given as an unfit to eat so god makes it clear why he gave them this dietary list so he says you are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not 
cut yourselves uh, nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead for you are a holy people unto the lord your god and the lord has chosen you to be a peculiar people unto himself above all nations that are upon the earth you shall not eat any abominable thing so god actually prescribed their diet for them so diet is important as well mm. so in this chapter we are looking at you know doubtful and questionable practices so the bible actually grants permission for certain practices so there are certain things that are you know positively all right and it's okay to actually eat that uh, so he never said prayer or singing was wrong so the bible forbids certain practices so god condemns drunkenness it's just condensed there in scripture and paul says the works of the flesh are manifest um so that's um uncleanliness fornication so these things are actually wrong so the bible is silent on certain practices but that doesn't make them right or wrong sorry yeah that yeah so either way so the bible is actually silent on certain practices so it's a matter of rule of thumb actually and you know if one's liberty actually affects a weak brother's uh, a weak brother so so yeah it's silent on certain practices so there is a gray area which is neither black or white but it's doubtful questionable it's actually doubtful so questionable thing and it's a doubtful questionable thing and it's one we don't know too much about for example you know people always ask should a woman use makeup so um where is or or should a woman wear a miniskirt is it possible to be a christian and smoke so all these come in this area this gray area of questionable things so all these are rules put down by christians and they may be good or bad so there is another preliminary consideration here which is very much important so we should see the background of this so as not to actually miss the whole point so the best place to eat in corinthians um or to get meat was in the temple area or a meat shop run by the temple in the city of corinth so this is the background people this is actually the background so people actually brought sacrifices to of animals to offer and they actually brought the best because they had that temple they were idol worshippers so they brought the best and when that meat was actually offered to the idol it didn't stay there long because um, these people figured that the idol spirit ate the spirit of the meat so the meal is over so they actually took the meat to the marketplace to sell it so the meat was pretty good meat 
So the Corinthians wrote to Paul that they were some there that actually offered were offered as they would be invited you know out to dinner to another Christian's Christian family's home and they would actually be serving them you know a lovely steak that had been brought from the temple area bought rather from the temple area of which this meat had been a sacrifice to an idol so Paul will discuss this here of whether we should eat things offered to idols so this was the problem in Corinth so now that we've got the background of it let me read verse 1 of First Corinthians 8 it reads now concerning things offered to idols we know that we are we all have knowledge knowledge puffs up but love edifies so knowledge here blows up but love actually doesn't blow up it builds up so love for God and others and love should actually judge our conduct so we should be guided by love and if we're guided by love it will judge our conduct and not always knowledge as knowledge actually you know increases pride it puffs up someone and this is the danger today as many people feel like they know everything verse 2 goes on to read and if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing yet as he ought to know verse 3 but if anyone loves god this one is known by him so you know we don't know everything about any subject so paul said that i might know him and the power of his resurrection fellowship of his suffering so paul says on this basis that we have a certain knowledge and because of this certain knowledge we may be um, governed by it but we ought to be governed by love and not by knowledge verse 4 goes on to read therefore concerning the eating of things offered to idols we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no other god but one so paul is saying that those of us that have knowledge and are guided by love which we all have now that we have come to christ and we have god's word we now we move today we actually we know today that an idol is nothing it's just an idol so nothing actually happened to the meat that was taken before the idol and it's not affected or contaminated at all and so the instructed christian can go and eat that meat verse 5 goes on to read for even if their so-called gods whether in heaven or on earth as there are many gods and many lords for six yet for us there is one god the father of whom are all things and we for him and the lord jesus christ through the through whom are all things and through whom we live so there were a lot of idols around and that's all they actually were they were just idols they were nothing so in corinth um was the temple of apollo 
and this was nothing. An instructed Christian knows that an idol is nothing. Verse 6 goes on to read, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. So to us, you know, there is but only one God, and this is the affirmation of Paul that he's giving here. Okay, verse 7 goes on to read, However, there is not in everyone the knowledge, for some with consciousness of the idols until now eat, eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So the fellow today that actually calls himself the spiritual Christian and the separated Christian, like, you know, I don't eat this, I don't do this, is actually the one who doesn't even have the knowledge. So they were those in Corinth that were offended by the folk who invited them to dinner and served them meat that was sacrificed to idols as they knew that idols were nothing. But the others were separated. So that wouldn't, and they actually wouldn't touch this meat, but... You know, they are separated. So, but their separation isn't due to um, spirituality, but actually ignorance. So, those are actually the carnal Christians. Because they concentrate so much on the carnal carnalities and not the spiritualities. And they are offended by this type of thing. And would actually criticize. Verse 8 goes on to read... But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we don't eat are we the worse. So Paul actually puts down a great principle here. So meat has nothing to do with our salvation. Simon Peter was in this group of, you know, um, carnal Christians where he had been brought up that certain things were unclean. And when that sheikh let down to heaven and the Lord says to him, rise, slay and eat. Simon Peter was like, no, not so Lord. No, 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 I can't eat this. You know, he was calling him Lord and at the same time not obeying him. So he said he had never eaten anything unclean and the Lord said, don't call anything unclean that I have called clean. So the Lord doesn't make the distinction of clean and an unclean animal anymore as we can eat any animal we want if you want to eat it and if you can stomach it. So meat will not commend you to God at all in this connection. You do not, you do as you actually please. So this is the liberty that a Christian has today. Verse 9 goes on to read, But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. So it's not a question of meat after all. So it's a concern for others. You know, how's another person going to take? Is 
person going to be offended so we are at liberty to actually eat but what about the concerns for others you have the knowledge but what about the love so it may have an effect on a weak brother you know dr david mcgee gave a funny like actually not even funny it's a very sensible example he said you know as a christian we may swing off his all we want you know as a knowledgeable brother we may swing off his all we want but one's fist ends at where another brother's nose starts swing it around the air and all but when you reach the brother's nose you know that's where your fist should end yeah so that's just like one of the examples he used you know one's um liberty stops as one at where another's liberty begins verse 10 goes on to read for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in the idol's temple will not the conscious of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols so you know there are certain things that those in christian service should not do you know our lives should be living examples so that may actually affect a weak brother so our lives must be a living example must be a testimony because there are other weak brothers who will get offended so despite the knowledge we ought to be judged by love verse 11 goes on to read and because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died so here we are on a different principle and it's not a question of whether it's right or wrong it's a question about the effect it will have on that weak brother your neighbor so knowledge is a dangerous thing one is supposed to use it well and mind where it's actually used verse 12 goes on to read but when you but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience you sin against Christ so the motivation is we affect the weak brother and knowledge becomes a dangerous thing verse 13 goes on to read therefore if food makes my brother stumble i will never again eat meat least i make my brother stumble so don't say it's actually wrong to do certain questionable things that are not definite in scripture so what one should actually look at is will it offend a weak brother so this is the motivation for a christian conduct so the motivation is love so you sin against christ when you sin against a weak brother so there are certain things a christian should consider before doing them and how they actually affect a weaker person a weaker person in the faith so it's not a question of knowledge but of love so the liberty of a christian is uh one's not actually uh, pinned down by legality or um circumstances or by strict rules of conduct but his liberty is limited by love 
Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you very much for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.